Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. We're here after uh, a 1-0 victory against West Ham. Uh, you know, performance wasn't great, but the result was uh, good enough. We got the three points uh, after a disappointing, uh, you know, few days after the Arsenal match. And hopefully this kind of sets us back on track uh, leading up through the, you know, the rest of the Premier League season and obviously into the FA Cup final. Um, you know, there's some, I guess, you know, I'm not necessarily happy. We have some other side news regarding Antonio Rudiger uh, about him leaving the club. We'll discuss that a little bit later on. But, um, you know, kind of a, a mixed mixed emotions for everyone the past few days as a Chelsea fan. But good to get the win. And hopefully this sets us back on track. I'm here with Peter. Uh, as you can tell, obviously, I'm doing the intro. So Josh is not here today. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next episode. But uh, Peter, how are you doing today? And uh, I guess give your first thoughts, first impressions on the match. I'm doing well. Always nice to record after a win. You know, like you said, though, not the greatest performance, but we got the win and that's all that matters. I mean, just in general, I mean, it was just a pretty bad performance. We kept, I'm I'm not Josh, so I don't have the match stats pulled up, but I'm assuming we were probably close to 70% possession. I mean, we controlled the ball, the basically the entire game. We had it always, always in and around their box. But we just couldn't really do anything, especially in the first half. The first half, we would literally just dribble, 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 get a shot off, get it blocked immediately because it had eight people back. And we really couldn't do anything. And I mean, I feel like that is basically when we miss uh, Reese James and Ben Chilwell the most. Obviously, Reese James could have played, but Ben Chilwell couldn't. But when we have those, we get so much, we have so much more ability to get dangerous balls into the box. And I mean, I feel like. Uh, Lukaku would have been better for this game. Obviously, he came on and he came up clutch towards the end of the game. Uh, but I feel like he would have been better for this game earlier because, I mean, getting some dangerous balls in the box and having a big target man like him, no offense to Kai Havertz, I love him, but he's not the greatest danger man on crosses. He often drifts out so far wide, and then we get great balls in from the box from like a mount, and there's just no one there, and it just goes out of bounds. And so I, I think he would have been good in the game, but I mean, in the end, when he did come on, he played well. I mean, he did one thing well, which basically won us the game, I'd say. I mean, he made a good run. You know, he did a little bit of acting. But, you know, who, who? all I know is that it was a red card after VAR and we got a pen. We didn't obviously score the pen, but having West Ham down to 10 men basically sealed it. Christian Pulisic had the goal. Uh, that was important. You know, we got the win because of that. But I will say, uh, I'll ask you this, Alex, before you can say also your thoughts on the match. But... Do you think we need to take Jorginho off of pens? Because he's been struggling for both club and country, taking pens for a good amount of time. Do you think he's figured it out? And who do you think should take them instead? I do think that he should no longer take pens. I think Mason Mount should take pens. That's my short answer. I think, you know, sometimes you just need a little break, uh, maybe reset your head a little bit, uh, you know, maybe get a few shootouts, get a few, uh, you know, see a few go into the net during a couple shootouts, which will probably have... Uh, you know, sometime, uh, especially, you know, in preseason towards next season, where usually there's a lot of like uh, cup competitions where they go to penalties and the friendlies and stuff. Um, maybe get some experience there, practice a bit, maybe get, you know, refine the technique. But I think Mason Mount's our most clinical player right now. Uh, and I think he should be taking the pens as of right now. Uh, and that's what I would say. Who do, Who do you think should be taking the pens? Obviously, the pens is on the pitch because we don't, besides Jorginho, we don't really have like a definite, definite pen ticker. Maybe Lukaku, but he's usually not on the pitch. So I'd say probably Mason Mount or Kai Havertz, one of those two. 
I mean, Kai, whenever he's taken them in the shootouts, has always had very good pens. So I think maybe Kai, but Mount too, like you said, he's been probably been one of our most clinical players. So I think either one of those two, and I'd be okay with it. Even Lukaku too, he's good at pens, but he's just not on the pitch to take them. So he's really out of the running. Yeah, that's, you know, important, obviously. Um, definitely not Kappa though, right? No, no Kappa for penalties. We're I mean, not, we're not I mean, I mean, you know, bring him on as a sub for the pen for penalty shootout. You know, that's what we got to do. You know, give redemption for not skying it. Hopefully this time, you know, but we don't talk about that. That game never happened. We totally didn't. We totally didn't lose with Kappa's penalty. Now he, it was just in practice that we saw that. Not a real game. Not a, no, no, no important matches there. Yeah, no, no one remembers that. Um, in terms of my thoughts on the match, I thought we were just not quick enough uh, transitioning the ball, uh, you know, from back to front. It felt like we're slow, we're stagnant. And really the only player who seemed to, you know, want to change the pace was Mason Mount. I think we really missed Kovacic where he can really change the pace of a game uh, in just one turn, one dribble, uh, and really sets this team up going forward. Uh, obviously, Reese James is a big miss. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is a little bit awkward at right wing back. Uh, so I think, you know, that was certainly a miss as well. And it just kind of felt like nothing was really, you know, there was no cohesiveness, uh, big vocab word right there, cohesiveness between the front three, uh, Werner, Havertz, Mount, it felt like they were kind of just all over the place. There was no plan. Um, and really most of, uh, most of the play was just kind of passing in between the midfield from Tiago Silva, who felt like had the ball like 99% of the time. Uh, you know, if there was like a percentage of time on the ball, I'm sure he had the most out of any player. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of disappointing. Obviously Chalaba came in. I thought he was all right, uh, for the stomach ache of Christensen or whatever he had stomach cramp, something. Uh, and I thought he played decently, feel like he should be getting a little bit more chances. And I'm sure he will now that uh, a couple of these guys are going to end up leaving, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But, uh, yeah, I thought overall it was just plain average uh, and we were lucky to get the point to be honest or the three points considering how he played most of the match I mean I guess we can like you just said talk about a bit later I mean I guess we can kind of transition into that now yeah I mean, sorry I don't know I was like leaving it I was like oh yeah Josh will now come in but of course he's not no. here hey, look at yeah. me I'm being I'm doing here, a little Josh transitioning yeah, yeah 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 but Okay, obviously, you know, Rudiger, there's been news now. Tuchel has officially confirmed it now that Antonio Rudiger will be leaving the club because we can't compete with other clubs because of the sanctions, which I must say is extremely, extremely stupid because I know Putin's extremely sad that uh, Abramovich has to sell Chelsea and he's going to end the war because of it. Don't want to get political, but just they're stupid. And now we're losing Antonio Rudiger. Andreas Christensen already agreed to terms with Barcelona. So now we are losing two of our top center backs, which begs the question, what are we going to do in the transfer market? Who's going to need to step up? Alex, what do you think? In terms of players that are going to need to step up, Thiago Silva is going to have to recharge the legs again, clearly. Um, Chalaba is going to have to play a big part. I think we're going to have to sign one or two. Uh, Malang Saar, if he can somehow improve. Uh, but I think Jules Kounde is going to be a guy you're going to have to look at again in this transfer window and be like, hey, we really need to pursue him. If it's not him, another couple players, because we certainly need uh, defenders. Um, and I think wingback will also be an emphasis as well, because uh, we really, you know, maybe someone who could play left and right wing back, uh, and that's really their specialty, kind of like a... Uh, Hmm. I'm trying to think of like a player who who kind of fits that role. There's not many of them, but I think uh, kind of like that gadget type of player would certainly be important. 
Um, but in terms of Rudiger, it's it's really upsetting that he's going to leave, obviously. Uh, but I will say this. He's replaceable. He's been world class the past couple seasons. But, uh, you know, I do remember under Conte when he was just, you know, atrocious at times under Lampard where he was atrocious at times. I think some people are, you know, a little bit over upset. But I, I certainly agree that we should have paid him what he wanted. Uh, and he's certainly a very good defender. Uh, definitely, you know, top five, top 10 in the world currently. Uh, and it's definitely really sad when someone of that caliber leaves your club and especially on a free. Uh, so that's really disappointing. Christensen also disappointing. He's going to leave obviously kind of an academy product, uh, not English, but uh, still went through the academy. Kind of sad to see him go. Uh, I thought he really has progressed over the seasons as a defender. Uh, overall, he used to make a lot of silly mistakes and now he's makes only some silly mistakes, if that makes any sense. But uh, it, it's going to be sad to see those two go, who I feel like have been a, a big part of Chelsea over the past few years. Uh, and, you know, this defense is going to need revamping, certainly, uh, in front of Edouard Mendy. And, you know, it, it's going to be all about, is new ownership going to come in? When are they going to come in? And are they going to be able to splash the cash in the summer to bring in reinforcements? Because otherwise, uh, it might be a tough season next year defensively. But um, yeah, I'm I'm leaving it for Josh constantly. Anyway, uh, Peter, you have any other thoughts, or do you want to go to the player rate, uh, player ratings, rankings, ratings? I think ratings. Yeah, I'll just say my hope, like you said, with the new owners, whether they splash the cash or not, I'm hoping. My thoughts are, you know, the owner buys the club, and you're like, hmm, what can I do to get the fans on my side to help support me? Because obviously, I know. I, I, I am assuming that a large uh, part of the fan base is still going to love Roman and still support Roman, even though he's not even the owner of the club anymore. So maybe the the new owners are like, hmm, what can I do? Oh, let me splash some cash. Let me buy this one big player. Let me buy this Jules Gunde. And so the fans will start to like them more. Uh, that doesn't mean they'll splash a lot of cash and get Jules Kounde and say, I don't know. Bastoni from Serie A and get two big players but I'm hoping at least a one big player to try to get the fans on their side because we do really need that but that's all you can really hope for honestly what I hope for I and mean, this is just completely different now but what I really hope they do is just sell all the bad players and just get the wage books cleared up next year I hate to say it but it might be a rebuilding year but it's kind of needed but anyway yes I hope they splash the cash by Julius Kunde get a defender so it's not like you said it's not a terrible 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 season defensively but onto the player ratings all right on to the player ratings indeed we are terrible at them we'll see how it goes it's rankings from one to ten uh fan nation sports illustrated chelsea player ratings they do the rankings we guess what they are we're usually wrong and i guess enjoy that so that was a very interesting explanation we're gonna start with edward mendy uh, Peter, what do you think they gave Edward Mendy? In general, didn't really do much. He had like one save. That was, it was a good save against Yarlam. Uh, oh my God, I can't sp- pronounce his name. Uh, Yarmolenko uh, in that one, one-on-one. He was offside anyway, but uh, still a good save. Yeah, it was a nice double save. I mean, like you said, didn't really have to do much. Caught a few crosses that weren't really good crosses. Uh, so I'd say six or seven, probably maybe a seven. What do you think? I'd say seven's fair. Uh, let's see what they gave him. They gave him a six. So 0 for 1 so far. All right, as P next, uh, what are you thinking about him? I thought he was like, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think he's okay. Probably a six too. Six. All right. Yeah, I can go with that. And he got a four. 
Um, interesting read this one read this one i will read this one all right let's see another shaky showing from the spanish skipper who looks well off it at the moment and easily troubled by any element of opposition pressure a day at the office characterized by a string of sloppy errors interesting all right uh tiago silva rolls royce i'd say like a seven yeah, I think good. seven. Uh, he had a pretty good game, controlled the bow. Yeah. Well, didn't really have to do much defensively, but yeah, seven, I say. All right. And Tiago Silva indeed did get a seven out of 10. So we are correct there. Uh, one for two. Uh, Trevor Chalaba, I believe it'll be now. So what do you think for him? I'd say like six. Yeah, I'd say six. I mean, pretty good for not playing for a while. So six is probably fair. Okay, let's see. They gave him, they gave him a six. All right, perfect. Mm-hmm. So we are now two for four. Yes, that's right. Two for four. Uh, I'm going to guess it is Alonzo, but let me check. It is not. It is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. All right, let's do Ruben Loftus-Cheek first, and then I believe it's Alonzo. All right, so Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I'd say like a five, maybe a six. six I'd probably. say a six because he had some pretty good uh, defensive work. He had some nice pressure. He was kind of physical. Didn't really do much else, but I'd say six probably for the good pressure. All right, six out of ten, I agree. And he is a six out of ten. Oh, so we are now three for five. We're on a roll. All right. Alon- I believe it's gonna be a- oh no, it's not Alonzo. It is who's that? Jay? It's probably Jorginho. Okay. Jorginho out of ten. He missed the penalty. I'd say probably five, maybe four. I really depends on how much they count the missed penalty for. Because yeah. I mean, outside of that. I mean, he didn't really do much. He kind of just kept the ball, does what he usually does, just cycled it around. Nothing extremely dangerous, no great passes. But the missed penalty, I think it could be a four. I feel like that's a big thing. You think four? I think he was a six without a penalty. Yes, I'd say so too. I just think that missing a penalty when he has missed penalties before, you know, that's going to like his continued struggles. They're going to say something about continued struggles with penalties or something. So I think four. All right. We'll go with four. It is... A five out of 10. Okay. You really screwed us there. All right. So that's three for six, I believe. So we're, we're 50%. Marcus Alonzo, I'd say six out of 10. Six. I could see a seven too. I mean, I think he had a pretty good game, but six. Yeah, I'll go six. All right. Six out of 10 is wrong. He got a seven out of 10. Oh, so wow. Who said that? Assist. Hmm. I wonder. Interesting. All right, Ingolo Conte. Uh, what did you think about him? I thought, I thought he was average. I thought he had he was an average to a pretty good game because I mean in the first half especially he besides Mount he was probably the only other player really trying to do things. He made a lot of good dribbling runs, made some good passes, and then made some good runs off of that. But he didn't actually end up doing anything. So I think six is probably what he's going to get. All right, I agree with you. Six, and he got a five. So that's unfortunate. All right, so we've done – so we've got three right so far. We'll figure it out at the end. All right, three right. Uh, Mason Mount, what do you think? I'd say like seven. I was going to say seven too. No, seven. I think it has to be seven. He was just the most dangerous player on the pitch probably. They gave him a five out of ten. Whoa. whoa. Unfairly or not, days like this are where Chelsea's ta- ta- talisman has to step up and dig them out of the trenches. He couldn't manage it and was indeed one of their mo- more painfully – anonymous players in a game where anonymity was the status quo geez they're really trying to get me with the words here all right so mason mount five out of ten we're still only three out of ten right now timo Werner is next i'm gonna say five out of ten six out of ten six out of ten 
I think five. I mean, he had a few good chances to score and then didn't score in all of them and kind of made a mess out of all of them. One especially where he's kind of just sitting right there on the volley and he completely shanked it and didn't get good contact. He also had one like right in the box and he dribbled it out of bounds basically before shooting. I think it's a five. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, we can go five. And it is a five. So mm-hmm. we are now four correct, four for ten. And the final one, Kai Havertz, I'd say probably a five as well. Yeah, I, I think also a five didn't really do much. And he is also a five out of ten. Nice. So we got five out of 11, our normal, which is just below 50%, so not terrible. I'll go through the bench real quick. Pulisic got eight out of ten. Captain America to the rescue. Ziek got a six out of ten. And Lukaku got a six out of ten. Um, I guess that's it for the player ratings for, you know, all those that are interested. It was interesting that Tuchel did that triple switch at the 76th minute. Uh, it felt like a little late considering how bad we were playing at the time, but it all worked out, right? Anyway, that is it for today's episode. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Follow me on Twitter at anorin 23 Follow Josh on Twitter if you want, even though he's not here. Plus, he removed my Twitter from the description last time when I wasn't on, so don't follow him, actually. I'm actually really upset about that, so don't do that. Uh, don't follow him because he's not here. You can only follow him when he's here. And, um, yeah, that's it, and we'll see everyone next time, uh, hopefully after another Chelsea win and hopefully some more clarity on the ownership process as well. We could get an answer about who the front runner is or who the actual owner will be very, very soon. And hopefully uh, it's the right choice for Chelsea Football Club. Bye, everyone. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.